whatever it is that makes you happy living your best life um Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a special one. It was actually a request that a fan, I'll call him a fan, sent. Um, so as many of you who listened to previous episodes of uh, Musings with Yo-Yo, you know that I am moving to Toronto. Um, I'm actually here in Toronto, finally made it on a five-day road trip from Calgary. It was the longest process of moving from Vancouver to Toronto. Um, but I'm finally here and someone sent an email saying that they would like to see Amusings with Yo-Yo on the road, just kind of documenting the road trip. Uh, we did try to do that. We tried. <laughs> but we came across a few technical issues. Um, so we still decided that we want to answer the questions, uh, but we'll do it here now that we've gone to Toronto. We might just have to add some more context or con more content about the road trip uh. itself. Um, but before I continue, I'd like to introduce you to my guest for today's episode. This is Will. Will is my Will was my road trip buddy. So we did the five day road trip from. Calgary to Toronto. He's more than my road trip buddy. He's also my partner, my boo, my bae, all the things. Um, we'll have a proper episode with him where we talk about like the how we met and all those kind of things. We don't need to. We need to. Um, so we can do all of that. But for now, we're just going to do Amusings with Yo-Yo on the road. Uh, before we get started, how's your day going well? My day is so lovely. We talked to your <laughs> aunt uh, and then we've kind of just been setting up this... <laughs> Uh, this musings episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's it. Okay, how you feeling today? Uh, oh man, I gotta stop saying uh. Well, I am not a on-air personality, so uh, I can't wait for this episode to be completed, and then the next episode completed as well. Yeah, you're gonna show up more than once, just a heads up everybody, you'll get used to Will. Um, so I already told everybody who you are to me, but uh, let's do a... Yeah, how do we know each other? How do we know each other? It was a dark, <laughs> regular New Year's Eve evening, and I was working at a nightclub. And party. I was working at a party. And a tall, beautiful, obnoxious young woman came up to me and refused to let me do my job. <laughs> uh, and that turned into the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So we've been together for two and a half years. Um, and it's been great. It's been fantastic. It's been awesome. Okay, good answer. Okay, so we'll get right into the questions. Um, and if there's anything you want to add, uh, we can do that. So what this person sent was questions from me to you, and then questions for you to me. I'm still going to just read them in general. Okay, Sounds so... I've opened up a lot, uh, so me, Yo-Yo, I've opened up a lot about what's the most difficult thing for me with regards to long-distance relationships, for example, arguing and you can't, we can just hang up, we don't do that, but like just not being there physically uh, with each other, it's just harder, it's just hard, it's a scam, time zones, all these things, I'm not a fan. Um, but what do you find to be the most difficult thing about being in a long-distance relationship? How much longer do you think you could go before it came overwhelming? Most difficult thing to navigate was probably time zones because right when you're into your evening starting and you have like all this energy because you just finished work or whatever, like my day's winding down, it's like nine, ten o'clock mm -hmm. and you come on like 
10 of like, oh my gosh, how was your day? What did you do? What are you going to do next? Blah, blah, blah. And I just want to go to bed. <laughs> so uh, trying to match your energy and not like dull your enthusiasm is probably the hardest. What was the second Mind you, question? it's a three hour time difference. So when it's 7 p.m. in Vancouver, because I don't really like to, I like to eat dinner before I call him. Um, so when it's 7 p.m. in Vancouver, it's 10 p.m. in Toronto, and that's if we keep to a 7 p.m. time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which we rarely Which we do. barely did because someone was always late. We're not seeing who that is. Okay, what was the second part of that The question? second part of the question is how much longer do you think you would be able to go before it became overwhelming? Uh, also, context, we were in a long-distance relationship for a year before I finally moved. Yes. I probably could have went a few years. That's wild. As long as... Why don't you as... love me? Okay. <laughs> As long as COVID stopped being a thing. So if we got to see each other every three months, as we kind of planned previously, I think I would be okay with that. Uh, I like my personal space and I like having downtime. And I think you don't enjoy that as much. So uh, for me, being able to like physically be near you every three months was, was a nice little routine that we got going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think, I think every three months was quite a lot. Um, because Toronto is what, a five hour ride? Five hour plane ride. Um, it's a five hour plane ride. Traveling in Canada is also just like trash. It's so expensive just to travel across the country. So I would have preferred to do like see each other once a month. Um, and, and yeah, to me, that's a more consistent routine. But I don't know if I would have gone much longer in a long-distance relationship than six months. You would dump me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I would have found a way to just, like, one of us will just... I would have moved sooner. Like, a year and a half is quite a long time to do long-distance. Especially since we met, we were in the same city. We haven't always been in a long-distance relationship, so... I mean, I was... lived in a, a small suburb of Vancouver. Did. And it was a two-hour transit, so kind of long-distance. Kind of long-distance. So I have been prepping for this, yeah. Um... <laughs> do you remember the time I dropped you off at the airport... And then took the bus back to Langley, and you made it to Vancouver, or you made it to Calgary. Yeah. Uh, before I made it home. Yeah, yeah. Calgary is an hour and a half away from Vancouver, and Langley was two hours away. Well, two and a half from the airport. From the airport, yeah. So, I mean, I guess we were, we were prepped for this. We were doing yeah. phone calls way before. We just weren't doing as many video calls when we lived in the same city. True. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Will, like I mentioned, we met each other in Vancouver. Um... And so he's lived in both Vancouver and Toronto. So having lived in both Vancouver and Toronto, what do you think I'm going to love the most about Toronto? Um, and what do you think I'm going to miss the most about Vancouver? In all honesty, because of COVID, I'm, I'm unsure. Uh, it, it, it's going to be different. But before COVID, I would have said black people. You're going to love being around other black people, you're gonna love not being the only black person in a mall or a city block. Um, not to say that racism doesn't exist here or anything like that, but it's just different. It's different being around other black people, just like in the public area and not have to like think about it. Mm -hmm. What you're gonna miss most about Vancouver is maybe like everyone being healthy. Um, what so, do you mean by that? So I can't say I've ever had a conversation about like CrossFit or yoga or hiking or any of that kind of stuff uh, before going to Vancouver. 
So people here will go to the gym, but if they're going to the gym, it's just like I'm lifting weights and that's it. Whereas Vancouver, it's like it's like a whole lifestyle of like juicing and stretching and <laughs> juicing and stretching. Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, I love and it. I know you're into that sort of lifestyle, <laughs> so I think you'll probably miss that the most. Whereas yeah, like, since I've been here, um, so there's this uh, gym that whenever they open a new location, so I'm known for the being the queen of like free trials so um every time they open a new location in vancouver they'll usually do like just any city really they'll usually do like a, a free week trial um and i stay watching out for when the next location is going to open up um and i noticed that there was one that was pretty close by here like a three minute walk i was like perfect i'm gonna try the i'm gonna do the new week the new trial like seven day mm -hmm. 45 dollars for a trial yeah so and like and I was like, okay, you know what? I won't do that. I'll look at the other different opportunities or different gyms around here. And there's been two, there's two others that I've actually seen that are okay. Maybe it's because of COVID. Um, but there's two others that I've seen like physically on the map that are in close distance. Whereas in Vancouver, where I lived, I'd probably same like back to back to back. Like you have like bar here, spin there, lifting there, like just right next to each other, all, all on a block, and you would see that so often. So oh, I yeah. definitely think that's going to be an adjustment for me. Um, so heads up in case you see me getting rounder and rounder, it's because of that. Um, <laughs> but also your point about black people. Did I ever tell you about the time when I was in uh, Whole Foods? This is when I first moved to Kitsilano, which is the neighborhood I used to live in. First moved to Kitsilano, I was at Whole Foods. Um, standing in a line and hadn't seen a black person in my neighborhood in probably about a month and really like you just really feel very very othered when you're there um, and I was in Whole Foods and there was another black there was this black couple on the line next to me mm -hmm. um, and I waved at them I think we just like because like, like I don't know when next I'm going to see another one so we're saying hello and so we like just did like the hey what's up how's it going and they literally picked up all of their stuff off their belt to come to the belt next to, to my belt behind me sure. so that they could have a conversation with me because they were like how's it going sister and i'm like it's going good i'm chilling how are you doing like i see you i'm like i see you too and then we just kept it pushing i never saw them again okay. yeah but that's vancouver that's mm -hmm. being black in kitsilano yeah, yeah they probably moved out probably did um, sorry, I got I got us off track, but I agree with those things. I think that I'm gonna try to be intentional though about the fitness thing. It's very important for my mental state, so um, I'm gonna be on that as much as I can. By yourself. By so myself, most likely. Um, okay, so I don't know if I've actually talked about as much the long distance dates that Will and I had. So maybe you can set the scene for us, but um, the fan said of the long distance dates that Will has planned. Um, which one was the most memorable? What would what advice would you give someone entering in a long distance relationship? So which was the most memorable for you of the long distance dates you planned? Um, let's ask that question first. So explain the long distance dates. Cool. Uh, so for full context, I, for Yo-Yo and I's first anniversary, I created a game about... It was a mix of questions. There we go. Yeah. It was a questionnaire, almost. Yeah. So it was uh, 365 different questions on how to get to know your partner. And it was inspired by, I think it was like a New York Times article that's like 32 questions to get someone to fall in love with you. Right. Uh, obviously, it worked to ask those 32 first. <laughs> uh, but I made a compilation of all those questions, and that's what we did kind of for our first year so. In uh, us being separated and knowing that I was moving to Toronto, I wanted to kind of keep that same energy going. Uh, also, I'm someone who dislikes 
wasting time. Small talk. Okay, let's call it that. <laughs> uh, so let's call it small talk. So like if we're gonna get together and do something, like let's do something. Like even if it's just like silliness, let's do that. But like I don't want to just like sit and stare at a TV and then call it a day. Like let's accomplish something. Like if, if it's practicing drawing, you want to do a puzzle. Like let's do that. Uh, I'm not just gonna sit here for three hours and just like stare at TV and then banter back yeah. and forth about nothing. So that led to the creation of our long distance dates. So at least once a week we do like an activity. Uh, so we had drawing each other. Um, Ugly picture he drew of me. I've shared it before, but I might need to share it again just so you can see. We can compare and see who did it. But sorry, I'm just like, I'm still, I'm still mad. That's the way he looks at me. <laughs> so we had drawing each other. Uh, we did a walking tour of the Louvre. Le Louvre. We did... That was actually a really nice date. We dressed up. Um, sorry, I keep interrupting I'm not you. sure why you do. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I'm supposed to be the guest here, Okay, right? go this ahead. Is, this is my... We did the... Oh, we did a podcast episode, which is, I think, how Musings with Yo-Yo started. We did a make a playlist for each other date. I really, I really should have researched this uh, before starting, but uh, my favorite date was probably the Louvre. Uh, so what we did was we found a video on YouTube of this guy walking, running, running. through the Louvre. Uh, and we just kind of played some soft music over the background, got dressed up as if we actually went, and then just, yeah, saw the paintings, gave our opinions, talked. It was nice. It felt like an actual date. And close second would be the podcast episode only because I thought my podcast would be a lot better than yours. And yeah, that's never going to be released. So. Yeah. <laughs> he beats me in almost everything. Like he's very good at a lot of things. So like, and I'm one of those people who trash talks, like even when I'm losing, I'll trash talk. But mm -hmm. I was like, nah, um, I'm a good host Ooh. of a podcast. So I'm about to kill this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So our TED talk, our TED talk date. So we wrote where we made TED Talks and presented them or whatever. That one, gladly released that. Can't wait to stun on you with a TED Talk date. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the podcast one, not so much. And I think I felt even worse about it because your podcast episode was so good. So the podcast she did was the, the one with her dad. I don't know if you've, you've watched, but that was the first episode. And it was like so much better than uh, my, my future-themed <laughs> podcast. Uh, that I think I felt shame afterwards. I was mm -hmm. just like, you know, let me just delete this. So yeah. No chance of this getting out. It's on my phone. I have it, though. Lovely. It could get out. Watch out. Okay. Um, and then the follow-up question to that was... Mm. Sorry, I'm not prepared. Follow-up question to that is, what, what would be the advice you would give someone entering a long-distance relationship? Advice for someone entering a long-distance relationship would be, I mean, like, know yourself. Uh, know what you enjoy, know what you don't enjoy. Uh, I think I like Googled like how to be in a long distance relationship. And a lot of the stuff people were talking about just kind of seemed like nonsense. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, however, if I was someone who was just kind of like very impressionable and very like whatever, uh, I probably would have took a lot of their advice and we would have had a lot of frustrating <laughs> conversations on what kind of advice were you seeing things. on there? Um, a lot of them were kind of saying, like, just enjoy, like, the quiet moments and, like, call each other and just, like, fall asleep while you're on the phone together. <laughs> well, I do that all the time anyway. <laughs> and I always hang up. So, um, 
yeah, a lot of it was like cutesy things that I'm not really into. So we tried like watching a movie together at the same time, but like even when we're together, we watch a movie. I'm rarely enjoying it. And I usually fall asleep. So yeah, so a lot of them were just like super stereotypical, like this is so cute. Uh, and I'm, I'm not I'm not the cute type. Yeah. But if you are the cute type, know yourself and send yourself cute little things. I remember I Googled too. Um, and But my Googling was more like different ways to like have more um, adventurous long distance dates. A lot of them were like, send them, send them a picture, send them a, I'm trying to think of one that I was like, oh, I'm not, Will's not going to like that. Like, um, write you a letter or something. Write you a letter every single day. Will doesn't like letters apparently or doesn't like physical things. So like sending him a letter would have just been thrown in the garbage he might have taken a picture of it might have not but it would have i would never have he would never have actually read it so that wasn't great advice for us Accurate. but yeah so the long distance days were actually great every sunday there'd be something new um my favorite was also the louvre uh the walking distance the walking long distance date um can i give advice on a long distance relationship no nope, this is my interview so <laughs> that's all you it's your interview but i agree um knowing yourself but also just being um very very communicative uh a lot of times with in-person communication you can get you can get cues um but in a video sometimes it's like i don't understand exactly what it is you're saying so like clear communication about how you're feeling um if i read a text message wrong or if i read the tone of your voice wrong like i need to be able to actually understand so i think that helped with our communication for sure yeah okay questions for you to me um feel free to freestyle them however it is uh and you jumped in i'm not the professional here so i'm just gonna read them straight <laughs> yo-yo has also talked about tribes in nigeria and how her parents weren't allowed to get married for some time yo-yo how do you think your parents experience made it either easier or harder to accept will who is from ghana oh this is actually probably not one of the issues we've had at all one because of the fact that um they weren't allowed to get married because of being from different tribes for six years y'all they had pushback from my grandparents um and they weren't allowed to get married because they were from different tribes tribalism is a thing in nigeria but it's not as bad as it used to be um and my dad was actually born and raised in ghana so that wasn't i wasn't a thing at all um when he first met well actually he was talking about the fact that whenever he's around Ghanaians, he feels at home um so that that's not a thing i think if anything the biggest the thing I would probably make more similar to this is the fact that Will was born and raised in Toronto. He's a Torontonian, um, and I'm my my parents are very Nigerian, so I think we probably have more of intercultural um, differences, like directly between me and you. No, but like there. So I think like um, if we think about the com conversations or relations you have with my parents. Mm -hmm. I think they have a harder time engaging with you because of the North American context. So True. my brothers and their partners are like one of them was raised in Nigeria. The other one is Nigerian. And so the way Nigerian kids speak to Nigerian adults, they know how to, they, they do all of that. Mm -hmm. um, the way you, even though your mom is Ghanaian, the way you speak to my mom, my parents <laughs> is not the same way Nigerians speak. Or like, he'll make a joke that they might not get. So one of us has to explain it. Most times I have to explain it. They'll make a joke he doesn't get. So I have to explain. And it's you like delayed laughter. I, just, I could just not laugh. It's, it's cool. And then they're over here thinking you're not funny or you don't have a sense of humor. Anyway, so I'd probably say that's probably the biggest one, but it hasn't been an issue. It's just been a matter of just, again, as much as his family is from Ghana, he's 
You've been to Ghana twice. Wow, I went in 2017. When's the last time you went to 2015? When's the I last time you went to Nigeria? Nigeria? 2013, but mm. I went to school. I went to boarding school there. I very much identify as Nigerian, so um, that's probably the like we were talking to my aunt today, and there were certain things like she was trying to ask him certain things about me and like why he wants to be with me. And um, and then I answered the he question. He answered them, but clearly not good enough because on the side I was like, she's asking you, blah, blah, blah. She's asking you for more information, blah, blah, blah. So um, I think some of that piece is just like something that we need to just kind of learn and go through. Sure. Um, yeah. Lovely. What a great answer. Uh, both of you had drastically different childhoods. Mm. From the following parenting techniques, yes or no's. Do your kids get to have an allowance? First of all, mm-hmm. our different childhoods. Let's give let's give people an overview. Some of that. context. Some context. So, um, you go first. Uh, so I was born and raised in Rexdale uh, to a single mother, and I have one older brother. Uh, we lived in or very near to the Jamestown community. What's the Jamestown community? Oh, man. Uh, it's a needs improvement area, according okay. to the City of Toronto website, but it's uh, basically like lower income. Yeah, all, uh, most of my friends were of different backgrounds. My best friend is Trinidadian. Uh, most of my other friends were either West Indian or Middle Eastern or of African descent, and, and most of us were born here. Um... Yeah, so I stayed in the same neighborhood till I was like 22, 23. Then I moved out with my best friend and then moved right back after. And then, yeah, and then I moved to Vancouver. That was that was the most traveling that I've done. I'm not much of a traveler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he still, you still want to live in a different country. You want to move around a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Going forward, yes. But we're talking about upbringing. Right? Okay, upbringing. My bad. Um, and so I was not raised in a single family home. My parents were still together. Um, and I grew up moving around. So I lived in five different countries now. Five different countries now. Um, and I I grew up well off. My parents, my both my parents are uh, pretty do well for themselves. My dad used to work for an oil company, so as you can imagine, that's a fair bit of money. Um, I know he could hire me off of like his pension, and I'd be fine. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we grew up that way. Um, I grew up in a, even though your mom's uh, Ghanaian, I think I took in more of like the African traditions and you took in more of the Western. And I think that's just because we moved around in different places. A lot of my friends were also di- the countries I went to. Um, the places generally have predominantly white uh, schools and things like that. So um, that was my upbringing. Oh, wow. Okay. Amazing. Now the question, do your kids get to have an allowance? Yes. They are allowed to live with us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, allowance is tricky i think it for me i'm gonna want to instill like you work and then you get something um so it's gonna be like simple like just clean your room make your bed all that stuff uh but yes they need to learn the value of making money and what to do with that money when you make it it's so funny you say that because um my first job was in university and i remember we were talking kind of in our group like oh everybody kind of had a job when they were in high school Mm -hmm. and maybe this wasn't common practice in holland or maybe my friends didn't do it but i didn't have a i never i had a part-time job i had a job for a week okay (laughs) and not because i quit it was just Mm -hmm. because it was a job that was a week long Mm -hmm. um 
and that was probably as far as I went to with work. To be fair, I played I played uh, on our team and I played in the Dutch league, so we always had practice after school and things like that. Right. Um, but yes, I think we should have an allowance because um, I have no reason. I got an allowance. <laughs> uh, I didn't get much, but I got an allowance and. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't say for sure that I learned proper money management from having an allowance, mm -hmm. um, because I just, let's be real, spent my money on like very stupid things. Mm -hmm. Um, and my brother was actually talking about it the other day was, uh, when they were closing all our bank accounts in Holland, cause we were moving yeah. and they were leaving. Uh, they were like, okay, let's close everyone's accounts. So my brothers was like, oh yeah, let's take out our money that's on our account. Both of them took out theirs. They're like, okay, let's help you close out their hers. And went in there, I think had two cents left. They're like, what the? How did she do her money? They're like, close it, close it. We don't need nothing from there. Um, so I can't say for sure that like having an allowance helped me with money management. So I'd be more uh, keen on making sure that we embed financial literacy into our household. That's fair. Um, I think... So for me, I didn't get an allowance until I got to high school, and that's mainly because I had to take the bus to my high school, uh, so I needed like lunch and bus fare, and then as soon as I got a job, it was pretty much like over with yeah. all of that, but I do think financially, your views of money are much different than mine, and I mean, of course, it's not just the allowance that does that, but I do think like having access to money early on is better than not better. Next question. Oh no, the phone closed. All right, stall. Okay. Um. Yeah. And Great we're back. <laughs> uh, do your kids work to pay for their own education? No. No, absolutely not. Um. Sorry, that sounds very judgmental. Um. But I say absolutely not because I I have seen where my parents paying for my education was very helpful in me feeling well adjusted in university whenever people ask me what was your experience like at, at uh, ubc i talk it was amazing i did all these leadership opportunities all these things and i was only able to do that because i didn't have to think about who was paying my rent i didn't have to think about who was paying my tuition um they took i, I was able to truly embrace what university brings and mm -hmm. currently universities systemically systematically all those kind of things don't necessarily um the programming doesn't necessarily support those who are financially taking care of themselves so if right. you think about um i went to this workshop where they're talking about students who are financially taking care of themselves or who are who have financial barriers paying for their own education things like that most times they're working and not taking care taking advantage of like the career services or the right. student leadership opportunities and things like that um and I was like, I'm going to get a job because I want to. I was like, I'm going to get, a, I'm going to volunteer this term. Like that's just a leisure thing that I could do. Right. And so if I'm able to pay for my student, my kids tuition, I would absolutely do it. Wonderful. Uh, so I went to post-secondary and I got a student loan and I was also working. So like one of my most traumatic child or university college experiences was I had a class. So I was trying to be an electrical engineer and the first week of this class, they asked us to buy like a toolkit that wasn't already in the like the guidelines of whatever we paid for. So my my student loan OSAP uh, only covered like my tuition plus book fees and some other like small living expenses. So when I got to class and they're like, "Yo, you have to buy a three hundred dollar toolkit," I was like, "Oh, uh." <laughs> I ain't got it. Um, however, in two weeks, I'm getting paid again, and I can focus to, to paying for that. 
So this toolkit was supposed to be used in a bunch of different classes and all the teachers were kind of like, yeah, it's the first week, we don't expect anybody to have the toolkit just yet, but like, you're gonna need it for next week. And there was one teacher who was just like, you can't come to my class if we have this toolkit. So the first week, he kicked me out. I was like, say less. Uh, second week, again, I'm like, hey man, I get paid next week. I don't have it. Like, I'm not sure what you want from me. And he's like, not my problem. If you're serious, you find a way. Uh, and I clearly wasn't serious, so I didn't <laughs> find a way. So I let, like, just didn't go to the class. Um, then the third week came around and I, I got paid. I didn't get paid enough to, like, eat and have this toolkit. So I was just like... I'm just not going to this guy's class. Uh, at that point, some of my friends who were in similar classes were like, oh yeah, this class is like the prerequisite for everything, everything. happening next semester. So if you don't do this, like, you're just wasting your time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is why I'm not an electrical engineer. Which is like, I know we laugh, kind of laugh about it now. It's still traumatic. I know you brought it up a couple yeah, of times, yeah. but it's just so unfortunate that there's no... I know that universities do try to support uh, students with financial barriers with scholarships and things like that. So I know that's very much a thing, but it's still not so like to me going to that workshop, really understanding what a student with financial barriers goes through was shocking to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if we understand just how intense universities are, colleges are, post-secondary is on students with financial barriers. Yeah, 100%. And then also to answer the question more directly, I guess. Uh, I want to provide like the financial means for our child's children to do that, but I'm not 100% saying they have to go to post-secondary at all. However, if they want to, I want that to be an option for them, a very easily accessible option for them. Cool. Wonderful, stall again. Okay, just have it always on. That's too okay. much work. <laughs> Next question. Can your kids drink before they are the legal drinking age? Uh, quotations with you. Or not quotations. Par parentheses. With, with you. With you. Mm. Hmm. Uh, so I drank before the legal drinking age everywhere I lived. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Hold on, wait. Didn't you live in like the Middle East? I feel like alcohol. Right. Well, I wasn't drinking when I was in elementary school. Oh. Okay. That's when I was in Oman, yeah. Okay. Um, so when I was thinking to drink, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, maybe, and not in Nigeria too. I didn't really drink in Nigeria when I was in boarding school. So you just boosted the I'm just a liar, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, but can they drink with me? Yes. Um, and the reason I say that is because. I don't anticipate our kids getting drunk with me. That's not going to be something that I'm going to encourage. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I think one of the things I noticed with, and luckily I lived in Holland where you could drink earlier than Oklahoma when I went to university. So I was like, you're telling me I can't drink till I'm 21 when I've already been drinking in Holland legally. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that a lot of my friends who either grew up probably in the US or didn't have much access to uh, drinking not being a horrible thing mm -hmm. would just binge drink and I know I've done that too but would just binge drink and not know how to control themselves not know how to handle not know how to stay like not know when it was enough mm -hmm. not really understand how your body uh, reacts to certain alcohol not everybody reacts the same way to certain right. alcohol right um, so I wouldn't want my kids to feel like okay if you want to drink I want you to understand limits I want you to understand you know, because again, you can drive in the U.S. when you're 16, right. but you have to wait five years to drink. 
I mean, I don't really see the correlation that tightly as, yeah. as most people do, but yeah. uh, I, I hear the point that you're making. Uh, for me, I don't really drink that much. If my kids want to drink in my presence, uh, I guess that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really smoke either or do any like real recre recreational drugs. Uh, so for me, the appeal of doing it is like something that I never really understood. Uh, so I, I don't even know how to approach that conversation. Yeah. If they came to me and they're like, hey, uh, I found this alcohol. Do you want to drink it with me? <laughs> cool. We can experiment and talk and like and see where that goes. But it's not something that I'm really going to be presenting Pushing, to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I could think back to my time uh, going to parties with my mom. And I, don't, I can't say I remember what she was drinking. There's a time they let me drink Guinness, and I thought Guinness was alcohol at that point, and it tasted really badly, so I was just like, oh, alcohol's terrible. I'm yeah. never touching this stuff. And, yeah, I don't... Yeah. I never really developed the, the taste yeah. for it. Yeah, I guess the main message, though, of that question is, like, I just want them to be able to trust me enough to not feel like they have to hide what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. You're the cool mom. I'm the cool mom! Uh, can your kids take a year off from university to travel? Yes. Ooh, ooh. Take a year off of university to tra travel? Like, mm -hmm. going on exchange? <laughs> no, like... <laughs> like, just traveling? Yeah, yeah. It's summer break, man. <laughs> True. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a... I don't think I have a strong no, but I don't have a strong yes. I think the question is also... Uh, so here in Ontario, at least... Uh, after grade 12, kids usually just transition straight into university. So in that transitionary period, would you allow your kids to like, instead of going to university straight from high school, can I go and do something else first? Yes. But I, because I have, one, I work at a university. Um, two, I, I love learning. I love education. Um, I would strongly encourage them to go to post-secondary school even right if they away. went no even if they want to travel for a year they can totally do that um but i would strongly encourage them to have a plan for how they want to where they see their future going mm -hmm. i know that universities give you a very huge boost so i would encourage that uh so i'd be the complete opposite <laughs> uh so for me i went to uh college right after high school and wasn't prepared to go to college at all uh did not want to go went kicking and screaming, wasted a bunch of time, wasted a bunch of money, uh, accumulated a lot of debt for something that I was not enthusiastic or wanting to do and became a little bit resentful for going um, when I, I think I'm someone who learns through like experiential learning. So me traveling, even if I didn't travel, me just getting into the adult world to kind of like get an understanding of what the adult world is uh, would have been far more beneficial than me going straight to college or university. So I think, of course, I'll, we'll have to gauge by the child, children that we have, um, and then give them input that way. But if our child's anything like me, I would strongly recommend that they don't just jump into university because... Without thinking it, it through. Yeah, because it's an option to you, doesn't mean you have to take it. Uh, do you buy your kids a car when they turn 16? No. Depends where we live. Okay, fair. So That's we've been answer. talking about moving out of like a major city, potentially. I, I would hope in 16 years or 12 years. Um, we've 
kind of made a decision on where we're going and we're not still here if here isn't the best for us. Um, so there are small towns that don't have access to public transit, but yeah. They can take my Toyota. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. You know what, I kind of just jumped straight to like they need their own. Uh, they don't need their own, we can share yeah. a family car, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but if we're in a place where they need their own, then absolutely. Okay. Uh, that is it. Last question. But it also has many parts to this question. As a former Sooner... Uh, Me. Oklahoma Sooners? Yes. Yeah. University of Oklahoma Sooners. Boomer Sooner! Soon, sooner. Don't worry about Soon. it. <laughs> and someone that shows their university based on the cover model. Yeah. Yeah, you said that. You put that out there. <laughs> Rank the following famous alumni from favorite to least favorite. All right. I, don't know, I don't know OU oh, alumni. No, no, he gave oh, okay. the list. I thought it was a multiple choice question, but no. All right, so we have Mickey Mantle, Adrian Peterson, Blake Griffin, uh, Vader, the wrestler, and Trey Young. Okay, so I only know Adrian Peterson, Blake Griffin, and Trey Young. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go Blake Griffin number one. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Before I met you, I was like, Blake, Blake, can, Blake can get it. Guess you're um, never going to Detroit, huh? <laughs> uh, so Blake Griffin. Mm -hmm. um, and then after him, Adrian Peterson. Okay. And then Trey Young. Then those other two, they could just chill. So I think the first one you mentioned is MLB. Baseball? Baseball, Mickey okay. Mantle. So, baseball guy, and then wrestling guy. At the bottom. Yeah. Uh, can I ask why you put Adrian Peterson over Trey Young? I know his name better. Better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because Trey Young is what? Plays for the Atlanta Hawks. Shoots a lot of three-pointers. Oh, I do know Trey Young. Blake Griffin, uh -huh. Trey Young, Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Adrian Peterson was at, I think he was at OU when I was still there. Oh, wait. Oh, you know what? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's why his name is more familiar to me. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. But definitely Blake Griffin number one. True. No, Bumped Adrian... into him at a party. He didn't say what's up. He kind of said what's up, but not really. He did say what's up. Did he at least like look in your direction to do? Do the mm, I see you, girl. What's up? We'll say we'll say that. Okay, cool. <laughs> and that is it for those questions. Yeah, those are good questions. Um, so we asked all the questions that uh, fans sent. Thank you for sending them. Please Thank you, feel fan. free to <laughs> please feel free to send more um anybody uh but i had an extra question okay so we were supposed to be doing this this musings episode uh on the road while we were driving but now that we've actually done it and we've gone through the whole of canada not the whole canada the whole thing. we did uh calgary to toronto okay five days yeah what was the most surprising thing you learned about or what was your favorite okay let's uh, okay what surprised you on the trip surprised me um we were traveling during eid i think yes so seeing how multicultural some of the smaller cities were um was a bit surprising so like winnipeg winnipeg for sure i thought we'd just see like white people and maybe like indigenous people um regina was nice what was that small town we stopped in for a little bit not regina Ooh, uh, on the way to Regina, right? Yeah. Um, it is called... We walked on the bridge, too, man. We did. It starts with a medicine hat. Medi was it medicine yeah, hat? Medicine yeah, medicine hat. Medicine hat was, like, surprisingly much nicer than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, have you ever seen the show Corner Gas? No. No? Okay, yeah. So I expected 90% of the places that we stopped to look like the Corner Gas place, which is, like, a super small town. 
Um, with one gas station that doesn't okay yeah I like by the six name. people that live in the town they all hang out together <laughs> um and yeah no it's just it's it's way more diverse and like developed than i thought it was mm -hmm. was there anything challenging about the trip challenging. or that you didn't love about the trip uh the driving in, as soon as you get to ontario where the the trans canada highway becomes like one lane and you have to like do like dangerous passing and like blind turns around mountains and stuff wasn't fun but other than that it was great I, i'm not sure why people dislike saskatchewan so much like yeah I, I think i gained a real appreciation for the entire province yeah he's getting ready to move to regina we hung out with our friend with my friend from ubc funke mm -hmm. and her family first of all oh, so boy. their apartment is three bedroom apartment large um like the living room is the size of a house living room and that's like not the size common. of this part this whole this apartment kitchen. I, nope, maybe the whole apartment. The whole apartment was just their living room. Um, huge. And I was like, okay, there's no way. Like, I know Regina's cheaper than Vancouver. So typically, or cheaper than Vancouver, cheaper than Toronto. Typically, a uh, one-bedroom apartment in Toronto would go for maybe 20, anywhere between 1900 and 2400 from what I've seen, mm -hmm. um, per month. And in Vancouver, it's probably about $2,000 a month. 2200 they for a three bedroom large like second floor open concept modern like just everything in total paid twelve hundred dollars one two zero zero in case twelve hundred doesn't make sense that means that mm -hmm. with three roommates for example they would be each be paying four hundred dollars that's four hundred dollars <laughs> on rent never ever like just wild so yeah. That got me, and that they, got me interested. And, and their location was like nice too. They lived like right beside whatever stadium is over there. The, mm, uh, the base Riders. Baseball? Nope. Hockey. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, CFL team plays at. Uh, like literally look out your window and you see the stadium. Um, so it was a nice location and everything. Uh, yeah, but other than that, like Regina, the city was really nice. Driving on that highway was really nice. Seeing all the cows looked pretty friendly. <laughs> It was, a, it was a good time. It was a good trip. Yeah. Um, and then we had... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. What is your favorite part? What Ooh, did you not like? My favorite part... Um, uh, my favorite part was seeing Funke, of course. Because mm -hmm. I haven't seen her in two years. So it was great to see her. Um, and then I actually liked... So Will didn't like Winnipeg so much. I actually liked... There was, there was this park we went to. Um, and the... And then... And then... And then oh, the I can't remember what it was called. It was... Yeah. yeah. We can okay. put it underneath. Um, but it was, I loved it. It was huge. It went, there was like different gardens. There was a children's garden. It was very like magical feeling. Um, but I, I guess Will didn't like it because he was getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. Um, I was doing great. Um, it was like, it was a nice park. I really liked it. Um, I think what I didn't like was just the long, the long distance between Thunder Bay and Sudbury, Ontario. Um, and it was supposed to be like an 11-ish hour drive. We ended up spending about 12, 12 and a half hours because um, we had a few more stops than normal. Um, so that was long. That was my first time doing nighttime highway driving. <laughs> and when we're on there, so Will, whenever he tries to like just give me a heads up about something, he's not like alarmist. Like he won't be like, hey, just make sure when you're driving, watch out for bears. So he'll say very calm, like just a heads up. There's a possibility that deer might come across, you know, 
don't swerve, you know, like all these things. And the minute he said that, all I was thinking is like anything I saw, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a deer, it's a bear, it's a, it's a, it's a whatever. So um, that was nerve wracking for a little bit. We actually had to switch after about a, two hours of me doing that. I was like, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm so nervous about these bears. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and there was like rain, it started raining. That was what, that was when I was like, okay, we got to switch. Thank you very much. This has been lovely. No more nighttime highway driving and not like city highway driving, but highway driving in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was cool. And then we went to Sudbury. So Sudbury, Ontario was our last stop before we finally got to Toronto. Um, and we, because we're like, oh, it's our last stop. Well booked that. That was like a lodge kind of place. And, um. You keep saying lodge. It wasn't a. Not lodge cabin. I think someone said it was a. A suite? Suite. I think I said suite. Someone else gave a really good description. Yeah, better description than us. Um, anyways. It was something. Um, but it was really, really beautiful, all that stuff. So we're like, you know what? It's our last night. Let's chill. Let's do all these things. So like I'm, so like Will mentioned earlier, he got me, he made me a game when we had our one-year anniversary of dating. Um, gave me a game, and it had a bunch of different questions. And I like doing the questions because each time there could be new answers that come up. So it could be things like, when was the last time I made you um, happy? Or what was the, just like different things that will help a relationship continue to go. Um, and grow and so I was like oh let's do some of these let's have a nice night all of that and then we were done the questions and then we was like oh wait there's one more question in there what question was it the last question so I added this question of course uh, without you knowing but the last question was will you marry me and I said yes ah! so we're engaged that was the last part of the trip we got engaged which is exciting so um, I'm now a fiance, so tell me correct. No, I'm just saying. So I described who Will was to me at the beginning, but I, uh, he's also my fiance now. So that was fun. And then we got back to Toronto and that was cool. We can talk more about our engagement story another time. Uh, yeah. When yeah. you propose to me, then we'll talk about it. Cause right now you're I can't my fiance. Propose, I can't propose back. Like I already said, yes. No, no, no. You're my fiance. I'm not your fiance yet. Until you, you are. Propose. You are. You absolutely are. You're stuck with me forever. Um, so this has been great. Thank you for being on this episode. I'm looking forward to having you on more. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait and we can do a proper like how we met. Uh, we can do one. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll do more about just getting to know Will. I know that this was more around the road trip and the questions that uh, our fan had sent. Um, so feel free to uh, send more questions. But the next episode, which will actually be Musings with Yo-Yo and Will, will actually do a proper relationship Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Can't wait. So excited. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.